Hi everyone, my name is Nimi Adeyemi, an assistant consultant at PCL. My name is Richard Edet, a senior analyst in PCL, and you're welcome to Insights by, by PCL. Today we're going to be talking about how learning is changing in the digital age. That's an interesting topic, mm -hmm. maybe. Okay, so Nimi, I just wanted to find out, so what are three um, learning um, changes that happen over time? Okay, the first one for me, um, which is the most apparent, is the change from classroom learning um, to virtual and e-learning. Of course, with technology and how fast-paced it is, it's no longer efficient, you know, to take out a whole day, seven hours, you know, to take a classroom training with something that you can do in two hours or less, you know, via e-learning or virtual learning. Let's say, for example, you have a client meeting and you want to brush up on your customer relationship management skills, would you go and take a whole day to learn that? Not at all. You know, when you can take a two-hour e-learning course on customer relationship management and you would automatically feel more comfortable, you know, going into that engagement. So yeah, just the disruption with classroom learning to virtual and e-learning. The second one for me would be um, how people like to learn via multiple devices. Um, so for example, I could be watching a training on my laptop and then going through the course notes on my phone. You know, and I think what is important is that learning the design professionals need to take that into consideration that people want to learn at the same time with multiple devices. So you need to make sure that your content fits into, let's say, um, a desktop mode, um, mobile mode, a tab mode, you know, so that it's easily switchable. And then the last one, and the one that I find the most interesting, uh, is that a lot of people are now prioritizing their own learning and even willing to pay for it. So, you know, back in the day, people would wait for, you know, their offices to take them on courses and all of that. Yeah. But now, you know, we find that a lot of people are conscious of the fact that times are changing very quickly. You know, we have all of this digital marketing and coding, cybersecurity, and people want to remain relevant. So they're going ahead and actually paying for courses to upskill in these areas. Um, I'm sure that everyone knows one or two people, you know, during the pandemic that took a learning course. Um, I myself, I took the Harvard Business School. Really? Yeah, the Harvard Business School course on entrepreneurship. <clears throat> did you, or you know, take a for course? For me, I, I did. I, I took a course on from the PCB website on cybersecurity because I think I was really open for. Um, at least boostering my IT skills also. I mm -hmm. never had the chance to do that when there was no COVID because I was exactly. so busy. So yes. during this period, I was like, okay, and funny, funny enough, you know what? The price was crashed. Mm -hmm. So some courses that were about $500, you could be paying for it at the rate of $150 yeah. and still get the same value. Yeah. So it was, it was, there was a serious price crashing on every courses on all those international bodies today. So it was, it was very it interesting. It was a good time. Yeah. yeah. You know, just riding on the pandemic as well. I think, you know, if we can just highlight three interesting things, you know, um, that happened, especially as regards to learning during the pandemic. I think, uh, yeah, I have something to say about that. <laughs> okay, right. So there were three interesting things. I think one of them should be with regards to upskilling and reskilling. Mm -hmm. So, what happened is that employees had some set of skills that they were using, right? This were the set of skills they were using. So during the COVID era where everybody was on a serious lockdown, mm -hmm. what skills can I now have? And now that requires that they need to learn new skills. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes it could be virtual skills, virtual communication skills, and how to um, 
facilitate sessions virtually, how to communicate, mm -hmm. virtual, virtual interaction. So mm -hmm. all the skills were not there before because we all used to meet physically in one-on-one -on -one in a classroom like this. But now a lot of organizations had to reskill their employees again. So it was a really tough time where everyone had to be sent on a particular training virtually for them to learn these new skills yeah. as the session was going on. Then. Um, Okay, so I'll just give one as okay. well that I noticed, especially just coming from the HR professional yeah. angle. Um, what we've discovered, you know, is that a lot of organizations suddenly, you know, um, realize that, oh my God, you know, my people don't have the virtual skills, the digital mm -hmm, skills to survive, mm -hmm. you know, with remote working. Yeah. So um, employee development became top of agenda for many management professionals. We got, we got a lot of yeah. interactions you know, in especially terms of learning. Digital, yeah. digital marketing, we had cybersecurity, virtual collaboration skills as well. And of course, mental, mental and health and well-being, well yeah. you know, so it became very important. So I just thought that that was important to note that a lot of organizations are now prioritizing learning because they see just how things are changing so quickly, you know, and the importance of always being on top of the trends. Good. And yeah. I think that pretty much for me, I just feel virtual learning would definitely or is definitely becoming the norm now mm -hmm. because it was something that was seen from afar. Mm -hmm. It wasn't here, but COVID kind of made it came very close to yeah. us and we're like, oh, really? So I can learn virtually. So virtually and actually becoming normal in town today and seriously, and organizations today need to try and infuse virtual learning as part of their culture too. Yeah. Also, that way you can still keep employees engaged over a long period of time and still track because we'll be discussing how those, you can track those measures mm -hmm. in place too also. Yeah. You know, just talking about digital transformation, I feel like that's a buzzword that is everywhere, mm -hmm. you know. So just looking at it from the learning and development angle, what do you think are the anticipated changes? Mm, for me, I feel that um, one of them is flexibility. Flexibility mm -hmm. in the sense that organizations need to now see that, okay, I, I, I need to be flexible with my learning models, right? I need to know how to ensure that I help my employees learn without not forcing it on them. Because yeah. what people had in mind was that, okay, learning, I have to be moved to learn, I have to be persuaded. So there's a lot of flexibility that has to come in place now this time around because, okay, how is this person's learning style? style. Because that is the one key thing. You have yeah. to understand your learner's style. Once you don't understand their style, it will be difficult for you to actually tie in particular learning interventions to them. So you have to understand what is the learning style, and mm -hmm. that's one thing. Then they have to now rethink how failure is perceived because, oh, trust me, <laughs> people fear learning because they say, oh, they're going to assess me, they're going to judge me. If I fail this, this is it, and I'm done with it now. Yeah, no, I no. have a big fear of rejection as well, so I absolutely <laughs> get that. Interesting. So I, I think for, for organizations, they need to now see and say, you know what, guys, um, we're not making you um, saying that we're going to um, judge you on this. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to see how you can assess those skills that you don't have and see how we can improve them. So they, they need to perceive learning in a different way entirely mm. also. Then one of the things they need to do also is to ensure that they value their feedback, mm. the feedback employees give about a particular learning intervention. And so they have to create a measure in the learning platform whereby employees can put this feedback in so they can actually check and see that, okay, this is which areas and what areas I need to work on, which areas I need to kind of help these employees develop very well. Yeah, especially also. because there's a cost element to it. So you Trust always want me. to make sure that you're actually measuring what the impact of those interventions mm -hmm, are. Mm -hmm. And they also want to see that learning is a journey, trust me, because if you try to help someone to learn, you don't want to leave them 
there and so you want to take them all through the journey from mm -hmm. start to finish. finish so it's a continuous process now you now have to now develop a learning plan mm. and see what are your five-year learning plan what are your 10-year learning plan for your particular organizations and it's it's a bulk of the work for the hr guys and the lrd guys <laughs> too also because they are the one who's sitting down on top of this yeah. gold mine they need to see the organization from that larger perspective and try to help them to develop these particular skills yeah so if, if for me i will ask so what what now do you now think if this requires that the business bring in learning into the culture so what is the value of this learning to the business at, at, at home that's a very good question um, and i think i would just try to look at it from a strategic point of view um, every organization has a strategy they have goals that they're trying to achieve of course with the ultimate aim of making profit yeah, and true. providing value exactly now just from working with various clients you know what we've seen is a critical element to achieving goals is getting the people element right. So you want to make sure that you're always thinking, okay, who are the kind of people that I want to achieve my goals? Do I have the right set of people? Do they have the right skills? Do they have the right competencies? And one way to do this is to transform the organization into a learning organization. You want to make sure that um, the organization is conscious about continuous learning. You know, what, what is the way of doing this? Um, is to develop a learning and development policy that very clearly outlines how people will grow their competencies, grow their skills, you know, and of course impact, you know, the organization. And then from there, what we always recommend to people is to also have a competency dictionary. Really? Yeah. And dictionary. what a competency dictionary. So what's a competency dictionary? <laughs> competency? I read competency dictionary. I'm yeah. like, okay, so you go there to look for things. Information. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's a guide that just outlines all the skills that are required for the organization to succeed, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you make sure that you break it down per function and per grade level as well. And what it does is it serves as a guide for employees, you know. So if I'm trying to move to, to another level, to another department, you know, I can go into that dictionary and say, this is the exact skills and this is the level that I need to be, you know. And this also feeds into other talent management initiatives. For example, succession planning. True. Let's say, for example, um, critical a critical role is, let's say, a project manager role. So how can you make sure that your organization always has a steady pipeline of project managers? You go into the competency dictionary, you you know outline all the skills and the different levels. You look within your organization, you do an assessment, who has skills that are kind of near that level. And then you create a plan, a training plan, of course, you know, to upskill people at various levels so that you always have a steady pipeline, True. you know, yeah. So just answering the question, what is the, what is the value of learning? learning? A learning organization is one that is constantly reinventing themselves. Yeah. They're constantly being innovative. And of course, it is skills and competences that allow organizations to not just thrive, but to survive. You know, just look at the pandemic, for example, a lot of learning organizations had already started to look at digital, transformation and looking mm -hmm. at digital culture looking at you know um virtual collaboration skills i think i think, I think we were we, we were selling that services those solutions before but a lot of organizations were not accepting yeah. that but so COVID now made it 
kind of the acceptance rate was now like a 99.9 mm -hmm. so it was from like 30 percent boom 99.9 yeah. everybody just started okay virtual collaboration especially when they saw the organizations that had planned ahead exactly. thriving yeah, you know exactly. so it just ticks a bell in your head and you're like oh my goodness i need to do this you know and of course we're always ready we're always ready to provide <laughs> that service <laughs> yeah okay so um i would just like to you know i'm always hearing you know types of learning approaches i hear blended learning i hear flipped learning mm -hmm. you know what does that mean and what is the difference between the two so i'll just take the blended learning approach the blended learning approach is pretty much like, like the conventional classroom training mm -hmm. where you come in as a facilitator or as a faculty member and you have kind of um, exercises and case studies that you want them to work with mm -hmm. then also you also need to note that um, the blended learning has to do with ensuring that you infuse some element of e-learning mm -hmm. into it also you have to ensure that that is also part of the learning circle in that particular intervention so you're like facilitating a session mm -hmm. but you also need to ensure that you check for the learning styles mm -hmm. now if the learning styles are not in collaboration with what you have you need to change your approach mm -hmm. to that particular learning intervention so blended learning just involves you ensuring that you blend how you um take the session so either you you make it a video based session mm -hmm. or you make it a, like a manning class and not just for sitting session or so like that uh, but for the flip learning approach it's more like the um you're doing a master's program i know you say you did a master's program some years yeah. ago so so pretty much it's like um they send you all the materials and everything that you need before the class and mm -hmm. everything you have that materials and you go through them the case studies there's um, the exercises you go through them trying to solve everything there in the class and once you do that you now come into class to debrief. So what they're doing with the flip learning is they're debriefing mm. what was sent to them. So mm -hmm. if um, probably a delegate have issues that where they're not clear up or anything, the flip learning while in class, they have that um, opportunity to solve that particular problem. problem. So you don't you don't spend much time in that learning intervention. But with the blended learning approach, it's like the formal setting mm. of running a training where you spend like six seven hours. But with the flip learning approach, you could just spend three hours. And we're done because you've already found solutions to these things already and you've already um, engaged the learner right from home before they come for the session mm. for me i feel the, the the blended learning and the flip learning i would rather stick with the flip learning approach because oh, yeah. it saves you time it helps you to kind of um not waste so much time deliberating on problems you have solved all these problems so you have found the solution so it requires commitment also mm. from the learners because the learners need to be disciplined discipline because you're not seeing the faculty there you're not seeing them there you need to discipline yourself now to now find solutions to this particular problem so it's it's a whole element and so but i think organizations now have to approach learning from the flip learning approach mm. point of view because you that, that's where you now test the level of intelligence the level yes, of especially because you want people to understand exactly on so you now know okay this person is not really fitting for this particular thing okay mm -hmm. right but so like i said it's just a learner style once you understand the learner style it'll be easy for you to match up which kind of learning approach you to want use. to kind of um, put it for them also so what would be your tip for our viewers for me i would say just just keep learning mm. keep learning because learning is a journey it never ends so you need to ensure that you keep reinventing yourself from time to time don't give up on learning learning is here to stay okay thank you richard all right that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you so much for your time do follow us on all our social media platforms we would also love to hear your feedback Thank you again. Once again, my name is Mimi and this is Richard. Richard. All right. Have a good day. Thank you.